0: Hey everyone and welcome back to the Red Beard Outdoors podcast. I'm Jonathan your host and here at Red Beard Outdoors I talk about faith, family, fitness, and the outdoors as I'm on a journey to live a happier, healthier, more successful life. I want that for you as well and therefore days like today on Saturday I get to share wonderful conversations with you with people that I've learned from, people that I get to work with, people that have expertise way past mine in certain areas. And I just get to gleam information from them. And I want to share that with you through these conversations like today on Saturday. And then of course, Tuesdays, I do my tinkering Tuesdays, where I get to share gear that I've used first impressions, or after having used it for a season or two, maybe some follow up reviews, so that you guys can know where to spend your hard earned money or where not to spend your hard earned money. uh, Because those things are definitely important. And I have the opportunity to work with some amazing companies, and I want to share those with you. So, there's Tinkering Tuesdays, and then our conversations on Saturdays like today. So, guys, first and foremost, today we have an amazing guest. His name is Zef Prina, and Zef is just an awesome individual. He reached out to me a little while ago, uh, last season before hunting season. I was looking for some medical gear, just some first aid equipment, trauma equipment to be able to take with me and my buddies as we go hunting, and he reached out through my medic, which happens to be like five minutes from me, if not even less, and they just have some amazing gear, so we'll get into that in the conversation, just something to look forward to. Before we get into that conversation, guys, I want to give you a personal invite to come join us over at Redbeard's Fit Crew over on Facebook. There you're going to find a great group of individuals, like-minded individuals, that want to get better every single day, even just 1%. And we're striving to do so over there through challenges, pushing each other to get better, and just having an amazing time starting conversations over on that group. Also, First Form Outdoors Facebook group. Love to have you over there. If you're not on Facebook, though, shoot me a message. Either on Instagram or send me an email. My email is down below. I'd love to get you in on our weekly calls over on First Form Outdoors and Redbeard's Fit Crew. Also, something that helps with the podcast, would really appreciate if you would leave a review. If you get something out of this, share it, tag me in it on Instagram or wherever you post it. Definitely appreciate that, guys. Thank you so much. And of course, the growth on the YouTube channel. If you go over to the YouTube channel, subscribe. Leave a comment, start a conversation in the comments. I love those conversations, guys, and being able to answer your questions. And it helps me to create even better content for you in the future, whether that be through conversations or gear reviews. So go over there and check out the YouTube channel as well. Now, without further ado, let's get into the conversation here with Zef and my medic. All right, everybody, welcome back. I've got an amazing guest here. His name is Zeph Prina. I met Zef through my medic, and we'll get into that company and why they're interesting to me and why I carry their gear. But before that, getting to know Zeph, he's, uh, you know, I mentioned this before we got on the podcast, but he's kind of one of those sleeper guys where he does a lot of stuff. He goes out and loves hunting. He loves the outdoors and he doesn't, he doesn't feel like he needs to post it on social media. And so he loves, just enjoys the adventure in and of itself. Before we got on here, he's shown me a couple of his mule or his koos uh, deer racks that he's got mounted, which is pretty awesome and uh an animal that i'd love to chase one of those gray ghosts but uh e- anyway zef who are you uh, introduce yourself to the people that don't know who you are
1: sure yeah uh, so my name's is zef uh, like john said um born and raised in arizona which is why i love hunting coos deer that's why i got the backdrop that i got um behind me here at our kitchen table um but yeah i grew up um really small town in southeastern Arizona. Um, which is prime coos country, so I grew up doing that, and then moved to college, kind of took a small hiatus um and kind of fell out of love um with the outdoors to be honest um and then kind of had a lot of things just come together at the same time so uh, was listening it was a huge Joe Rogan fan back in the day, and uh listened to the Joe Rogan Steve Renell episode um got me interested in hunting again, which is what I had done growing up. And then at the same time met my wonderful girlfriend who was a huge camper. Um, and so kind of just had a couple of things just kind of point me in the direction of like, Hey, you should start spending more time outside again. I was just a huge gym rat, was an amateur bodybuilder for a while during my time in college, um, which kept me inside, um, for the most part, um, yeah. And then fast forward to now, I'm I'm working at my medic, which has been awesome. And then uh, based out of Salt Lake City. So we're working here in Utah. Um, obviously tons of cool outdoor adventure stuff to do here in terms of hunting, but I also like to fish and camp and did a ton of skiing this winter with this crazy amount of snow we've been getting. Um, and yeah, that's just like the quick and dirty about me, but just love being outside. Love peeking around the next corner, peeking into the next Canyon, love finding dirt roads off the side of the highway and seeing where they take me. Um, that's just, yeah. Just always looking for that next thing. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I'm going to hit on a couple of things there that you mentioned, but first off you said that we had this year, we're st- it's still snowing today. If you look outside, it's snowing. So. <laughs> it's <laughs> and crazy. at the time of this recording, this will come out in a couple of weeks, but at the time of this recording, it's the end of March is March 31st and it's still coming down. So uh, we've gotten over, oh, over 700 inches um, wherever yeah, they I measure think, it up I there for the we'll snow break.
1: Gear. I think they're gonna break 800 yeah. this year. Yeah, it's, it's a record breaking year in Utah.
0: Yep, that's crazy, It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we don't have a dry summer and have to worry about all the fires that come along with a good moisture yeah. winter.
1: Yeah, summer's gonna be interesting. I know um, from what I was hearing that, like the last time it snowed this much in Utah, spring summer there was actually a ton of flooding back it was like 80 like 1983 85 something like that there was mm-hmm. a ton of flooding from all the snowpack. so hopefully having wet ground helps with fires um but hopefully we can mitigate some of that flooding that's probably going to happen yeah. to like foothills areas and places like that
0: yeah yeah exactly well you know and that that is what it is it's it's uh i always i, I kind of laugh and i'm like you know God got tired of all the Mormon prayers that we've been sending up from Utah asking for moisture. And mm-hmm. uh, he's finally like, fine, take it all. Like, just, <laughs> just have it. <laughs> it's been a very well, wet gotta winter. you got to be
1: careful what you wish for sometimes. Right.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's that's amazing. And it's cool to hear kind of your journey. You fell out of love with the outdoors. Um, you know, I've, I've spent some time in Arizona. And Arizona, to me, the places that I've been, it was really hot. So maybe I went during the wrong time of year. I don't enjoy the heat nearly as much. Uh, You know, maybe as I get older, I'll enjoy it a lot more than I do the cold. But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that was one thing for me that I didn't really enjoy. But then there was I'm trying to remember where we were at. um, But we went up in the mountains a little bit and out of the deserty area. And it was gorgeous. Uh, There's some amazing places there in Arizona. So that's a really cool state. And then of course you got the wonderful pictures like you do behind you and you're like, I could, yeah. I could live there. I could.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Arizona is just so, so unique. It's a lot like Utah um, where the, the landscapes can vary so much within a couple hour drive. Um, so like where I grew up, it's like very, you know, Sonoran desert, like just very deserty, but then there's a 10,000 foot tall mountain also in my backyard. So you get these like sky islands, right. Where you've got, tons of different habitats in a very small confined space. You know, you've got basically everything from the desert floor all the way up to 10,000 feet and everything in the middle. Um, And then Northern Arizona is like home to one of the largest Ponderosa forests, you know, in the country, you know, Flagstaff area, there's just tons of pines um, and they get, you know, pounded with snow every winter as well. used to be one of the snowiest places in the world. Um, Hmm. So yeah, it's just like Utah, like huge variance in, in landscape and habitat and, um, just within that couple hour drive, you know, from where I grew up to Flagstaff only four hours and you basically go from desert to, to pines in the mountains. It's really awesome.
0: Yeah. So, so you're recommending that no one go to Arizona, right? Like it's a terrible place. Yeah. All four, don't go there. But... Yeah, yeah, don't, don't ever go to Arizona.
1: Actually there's just, uh, just terrible food. Like the Mexican food is terrible. Like you would never <laughs> want to eat it ever. Definitely. You know, Tex-Mex is definitely better than Arizona Mexican food. Um, <laughs> And yeah, like the spring and fall is just terrible. Like the weather is just, you know, that in that perfect, you know, like 70 to. It's fifty range, like it just mm. no one likes that temperature range. So just yeah, just basically don't ever go there.
0: <laughs> so now, now what's going to happen is after this podcast, you're going to see a mass migration because everyone's going to hate the winters in Utah, and they're going to move down to Arizona based on Zeph's recommendation here. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. And you know, going your transition from so the outdoors into bodybuilding, which is interesting to me. Mm. Um, you know, you've kind of seen this trend lately where it used to be, and I remember kind of, and this maybe had a lot to do with the East Coast type of hunting, um, sure. which I wasn't a huge fan of. Now that I understand it a little bit more, I didn't really grow up hunting. So um, I just saw, you know, some out of shape dudes sitting in tree stands or, or built stands with mm-hmm. like feed on shooting, like la- what I call shooting lanes, you know. Yeah. And, and I mean, it was like target practice. And I, I didn't like that, that I didn't, I love animals. And so I didn't feel like that was a very fair hunt experience. Now, you know, everyone's going to have their own experience. That's great. Good for you. It wasn't for me. And so, um, you know, now you're seeing, there's a big trend of people that are getting into fitness and the outdoors combining the two, realizing that you can have an even better experience, even if you are a whitetail hunter, even if you are a tree stand hunter, you can have a better experience being better in shape you don't have to be a bodybuilder but you know to be able to lift things to be able to climb a tree to be able to get over deadfall if you're out here out west um, you know not have your hip flexor screaming at you at the end of every night um, like things like that are a big deal and it's it's been cool to see this transition of people understanding that they can enjoy the outdoors more or as my buddy Jake would say experience more of yep. the outdoors. Uh, due to fitness levels and as you get better you'll be able to enjoy your passions more i'm not much of a snow sports kind of person you mentioned you've been able to enjoy the snow and i'm sure people that enjoy skiing snowboarding that kind of thing have loved this winter um mm-hmm. you know i go out and i go sledding with the kids that's the most adventurous yeah. i go.
1: <laughs> that's, I mean that's awesome it's awesome
0: yeah uh but you know it, it's cool to see that transition so you went you went outdoorsy to indoorsy with bodybuilding sure, and then you transitioned yeah. out of it based on some mm-hmm. events that happened. So, um, you know, as you've gotten back into the outdoors, uh how long of a how long has that been since you've gone kind of gotten more passionate about it again?
1: Yeah. Um probably it was probably like 2019 2018 2019 where I really started um to get interested in hunting and being outside again. Um I believe, so that it was, I believe it was 2018. I listened to that Joe Rogan, Steve Rinella podcast. I applied that summer and drew a tag in Arizona and I killed, I killed a really nice Kuzbuck um, that year. And I think that was just like the solidifying event for me. It was like, you know, growing up, I, always gone, I had always gone hunting with like friends and like, it was just like something that we did. Cause we grew up in a small town. There wasn't like, a ton to do, you know the closest big cities, two half, two and a half, three hours away. So we were just outside by nature because we it was either that or get in like get in trouble, right? <clears throat> and so I opted for the former. Um, and so yeah, that that year I killed that 2018 my 95 inch Coos Um Yeah, that was just like the light switch for me. It was like okay, like I love this. I want to be outside. Like I I want I've always liked hunting, but I realized that, that was, I, I loved it. And just, that was like the moment for me was 2018. Um, yeah. When I killed that buck and just like solidified that this is something that's going to be a part of what I do for the rest of my life.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. You know, it, it's, it's cool to hear those experiences from people and, and there usually is, I'd say usually, cause not always, but there usually is one moment, kind of a defining moment that you make that shift and that's really cool that you've, you've kept up with it over the last five, almost six years. And, yeah. uh, you know, and the fact that again, listening to a conversation from someone that you've never met, but you understand that they are passionate about the outdoors and fitness as well. And you trust their opinion just got that mm-hmm. spark reignited. So that that's awesome. Uh, so what are, I guess, what's your favorite, uh, no, let's go back. What have you noticed since you got, you know, you went outdoorsy, into fitness and then straight fitness and then now outdoors and kind of mixed cuz you're you're an in shape individual, you enjoy hiking and getting out and doing things along yep. those lines. What are some things some benefits that you've seen going into bodybuilding and now applying that weightlifting to your training to be able to enjoy the outdoors?
1: Yeah. It's kind of funny. So that that year I killed that 2018 buck in Arizona was the same year I did my very first bodybuilding competition. Um, so there was a little bit of overlap that year. Um, and I will say that I killed that buck um, maybe six weeks before I was stepped on stage. So I was in pretty friggin' awesome shape. Um, probably the best shape I've been in my entire life. And I hiked and climbed and did so much in that hunt that the guys that I went with were not keeping up with me. Like I, I had no business pack, like dragging that deer out on my shoulders the way I did like Cam Haynes style back then we didn't quarter him like nothing like that. It was like threw the deer on my shoulders and walked him out. I had no business, um, like just at my experience level, pulling a deer out of the, out of the back country like that. But I did. Um, and I have like, now I've strived to be at that level of fitness that I was at five, six years ago, because like I was lifting weights twice a day, but I was also doing, you know, two hours on the, on the StairMaster day. Like I was just crazy, crazy in shape back then. And like my experience was so fulfilling then, cause that wasn't a limitation that I put on myself for that hunt was where I was at physically. Um, so yeah, just like that transition and like knowing what that experience can be when you are in really, really good shape um, it's always just been something I've been chasing after now. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's awesome.
0: I agree. It's when you're in, a, when you're in good shape, again, you can enjoy it. You can enjoy it when you're out of shape, but you 100%. don't enjoy it as much. You don't yep. enjoy it nearly as much. And you know, your feet are going to be hurting you. You're going to want to go back to the, to the tent a little bit sooner. You're not going to, you're just not going to enjoy it as fulfillingly as you did in that experience. And you, it mm-hmm. it sticks in your mind. You remember moments like that a lot more than you do just any other day out you know in in the woods and so you know i i strongly encourage people to you know again you don't have to do as awesome of a job with like what you were saying twice a day workouts and and yep. uh you know 2 hours on the stairmaster like if i had that time i agree i i i would do that right but not everyone does and so you know, getting marginally more in shape, you'll notice a difference. And I challenge people to do that all the time because I have yet to know someone that got in better shape and didn't enjoy the outdoors more. You know, like you said, putting that limitation on yourself, you really are, you know, you joke about when people are, you know, going to lose weight, they're like, man, I've invested a lot of, a lot of money into my gut, you know, like (laughs) a lot of Mm. money and a lot of time just sitting back and eating. I'm like, that's right. But, you know, you'll, you really will enjoy it a lot more if, if you are in better shape. That's, that's 100%. undeniable. It's fact. I've never heard anyone contradict that. So, um, that, that's something that, that I, I really appreciate your perspective on. Um, you know, now, nowadays you said your, your girlfriends into camping, hiking, et cetera. Um, what are some, I've, what are some adventures you've been on the last couple of years that, you know, you want to share other than carrying yeah. a Q's deer out on your shoulders?
1: Yeah, I'll share some non hunting ones that you know her and I have been you know fortunate enough to share together. Um, so the last we've been together four years, we've hiked the Grand Canyon twice now. Um, so <clears throat> South Kaibab to Indian Garden to Phantom Ranch to Indian Gardens and back up Bright Angel. It's a it's a it's a hike. Um, you know, it's it's 12 hours, you know, about 20 miles. We do it in a day um and the grand canyon hike's really interesting because you you lose elevation first and then you gain it at the end um so it's basically Man, inverse it of like most most hikes you know it's it's the opposite um that i mean and i'm partial to grand canyon just because i'm from arizona but it's just i mean the bottom of the canyon is incredible and you know you just you're basically in the canyon for 12 hours and you know every as the sun's moving everything looks different all the time and you're there and the sun comes up and hits it and it's really beautiful and you're basically coming out as the sun's setting or under headlamp or you're in the canyon during sunset it's just awesome um and then the last two years we've also done uh 10-day road trips um up to montana into into canada and then back down through like panhandle idaho like dan stanton's way over there like near spokane um Mm -hmm. awesome just like Living out of the truck for ten days, not sh- like showering in la- like showering in lakes, mm-hmm. you know, just like and wet wipe showers and just living out, just living out of the truck and just being super mobile and just being a bunch of dirt bags for ten days is just fun. I mean, you just get to see so much. Um, those are some of my favorites that we've done in the past, and then uh, we'll make it down to Mexico every now and then and do some deep sea fishing and and stuff like that on a charter. So she, she keeps me active. She loves to fish. We, um, we do a lot of fly fishing. Um, not a lot of fly fishing, but we do some fly fishing here in Utah. And then obviously with us moving to Alaska later this year, we're going to be doing lots more. So excited to let her continue to outfish me and, um, just, just have a fun time doing that.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, no, that that's really cool. And and again, I just, I've barely dabbled in fly fishing, but it's a lot of fun. I, I enjoy, sitting or sitting there but the motion of fishing so um out east you know i grew up bass fishing but i Mm -hmm. i never really enjoyed it It it's probably because i got snagged on a lot of moss and stuff like that the uh like under the water under surface i don't know the terminology but like worms and stuff i didn't Mm -hmm. like that so i always did top water when i was going for bass because i love the motion you get to see that and then when the bass smacks it oh my gosh yeah there's nothing like it except for trout and so for me, like when you're out there fly fishing and then that trout latches on and you can feel Mm -hmm. everything in that fly rod. And then just like watching the fly, you know, as it's going through the air and just kind of daintly lands on the water. And like, it's just, it's cool. I love it. There's an art to it. Um, and it's, it really is a lot of fun to get out and go fishing. And then on top of that, like, I know you don't have kids at this point, but when you're out there with, with your, your children and you're out there just like, Casting in, teaching them how to cast. When they have a good cast, the the face that they make, you know, when they mm-hmm. succeed at casting that that bobber out there, or whatever it is, it's just it, it's unlike anything else. So it's it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I
1: think fly fishing is really similar to archery. Like it's it's very methodical, it's very therapeutic. There's a science to it, but there's also an art to it. It's very you know technique driven. Um, yeah, I think that's why like I, I think that's why I enjoy archery and, and enjoy fly fishing as much as I do. Albeit I don't do as much fly fishing as I do archery. And now that it's been winter I haven't been doing much of either. Um but yeah, just like the methodology behind it is just I don't know. It's soothing to my soul.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's something about it. it's fun to shoot guns. It's fun to, you know, do loud things as well, but there's it's different. Like um, I'm trying to remember, I think it was Cam Haynes. It might've been someone else that, that put it perfectly. It just, when you, when you hunt with a gun, you have that magical moment and then the gun goes off and it's almost like it breaks that mirror or that, that glass, whatever that you're looking mm-hmm. through. It just breaks that moment. And again, I'm 100% a gun guy. I love it. But when it it's a different experience. So it just depends on what you're going out there for yep. when your string goes off. And you hit an animal and the animal doesn't even know what happened. You know, like that's just being able to watch it, being able to. And, and then even if you don't get an animal, like being out there with your bow, watching the sunrise, watching and hearing the mountain wake up. Like I, I love sunrises for that reason mm-hmm. is you hear the birds start chirping. Then you hear the rustling of animals. Then you see the deer stand up and the elk and, and the moose sometimes, you know, like getting to watch the mountain, wake up, is just a whole different experience. And archery seasons usually during, in my opinion, one of the better seasons, uh, than, than rifle hunting. So just so much that goes into it and you can shoot your bow in your garage. You can't do that with your rifle. So (laughs) (laughs) this is true. Yeah. Uh, but no, that, that's awesome, man. Um, So I I wanted to, and I I didn't know if we could bring it up or not, because I know we've talked about you going to Alaska, but you brought it up. So we're going to talk about it. Um, So when are you going to get your guide license so I can come up there and you could be my (laughs) resident guide?
1: (laughs) Tell you what, man, let me me convince my girlfriend that uh, we're just going to stay there forever and not just for the two years. (laughs) And then I will get my guide license.
0: There (laughs) you go. There you go. So remind me what part of Alaska are you going to go to? And a lot of people are going to be jealous about this because... No. I, I want to go. I'll be up there eventually. Um, mm-hmm. and a lot of people love it. They can't get enough of it. They hate the suck behind it because of all the, you know, the stuff you deal with in Alaska, but they always want to go back. Uh, mm-hmm. so where are you guys going to go?
1: Yeah. So we're, we're moving to a small town called Bethel. It's about 400 mm-hmm. miles west of Anchorage. So it's basically like, yeah, South, Southwestern Alaska. Um, but up north of the I should say west of like the, the Gulf of Anchorage. So it's a tiny, tiny little town. There's seven thousand people that live there. You can't drive there. You know, it's it's like rural Alaska. You can only get there by plane or by boat. Everything that comes into that town comes in by plane or by boat. So you're getting um,
0: your pilot's license now too? It's all the licenses.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so we're we're super excited. She got a really awesome opportunity um at the hospital there. And, um, so we signed a two year contract, uh, she signed a two year contract to be up there and yeah, so just going to be there, um, continuing to do my, my job, um, for my medic remotely, um, thanks to Starlink, good old Elon. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, just, just, I mean, we're just super excited. Um hoping to do Moose this year as a non-resident and then. After I get my residency next year, it's just going to be. I might have to tell work. I need half the year off to just chase <laughs> sheep and grizzlies and all that kind of stuff.
0: Blacktail, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you like the hard animals, so I figured you'd go for blacktail first. That would be <laughs>
1: that's true. I, I blacktail and coos um, should be pretty similar. We'll we'll have to find out.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. So, and and I'm trying to picture a hospital in the middle of nowhere, Alaska. Like, is it a yurt hospital or is it like an actual like? <laughs> no. we
1: So we went up in November um, for her interview. It's a really, really, it's a really nice hospital. Um, it's really interesting. So like that whole, that whole area, that hospital she's working at services, it, it's in the town of Bethel, which has six, 7,000 people in it, but it services an area the size of Oregon. Wow. Um, so there's the hospital, which is like basically everything in the surrounding area. It's like a college town, but it's a hospital town. Um, and then there's all these little subclinics in some of the villages. But then all of the and the hospitals mostly serving Native Alaskan people. Um, so all of the villages where a lot of these Native Alaskans live at that aren't living in Bethel um, will literally get on a plane, fly to the hospital, get their medical work or whatever they need done, dental work, whatever it is, done and then fly back. And the thing that I think is super cool is all of that's covered um, federally. So like native Alaskans don't pay a dime for healthcare. Um, So it's really awesome. She's going to have a really great opportunity to serve, you know, uh, an underserved community. um, But also just, she gets to go to village like 40 days a year. So she's hopping in a puddle, jump like a bush plane and flying to these really remote villages and doing dental work at these, you know, really tiny villages and, you know, just, you know, being able to help people and, and be a service to people. So we're, I'm really stoked for her. I know it's going to be super fulfilling for her. And um, I, I, yeah, I just, I'm so super proud of her and, and excited for her.
0: Yeah. No, oh, that's really exciting. I, I just can't imagine like, I mean, does, does Uber have an airline version like up there? Like, seriously? <laughs> Uber Bush planes? Like <laughs> yeah. that's pretty cool. To, that's to cool, cool to think that. about. Yeah. Huh? I never even thought I. I would just think you would just put roads everywhere, and that that's, huh? That's really cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's, yeah. it's
1: like the the environment there. So <clears throat> it's it's all tundra, right? So mm-hmm. it's frozen in the winter, but then it's like Mushy. marshy, swampy mm-hmm. in the in the summer, and when it's warm out, so you can't really build roads on that. Like mm-hmm. that, that's why there's no roads through the Everglades, right? Like it's just it's just not doable.
0: Yeah. No, that makes sense. Huh. That's crazy. Well, yeah, it's, that it's going to be an, like, a,
1: an adventure for sure. Yeah. It
0: sounds like an awesome adventure. Um, you know, I, I've heard people describe walking on the tundra, like you get to choose either mushy in between the little, what are those little plants that it's like moss, but it's not, um, I can't remember what sure. they're called, but I was reading a book and someone was describing, they were like, you either get to step on basketballs, which are these plants, or you have mm-hmm. to step in between them and risk rolling your ankle because it's mushy. So it's like mm-hmm. you're like either bouncing and it's just taxing on your body a lot more than than just normal hiking. But anyway, yeah, that sounds that sounds exciting. In a town of six thousand people, man. Man, I think that's like that's like three Mormon families like that's <laughs> you know, Just being here in Utah, that's like a neighborhood, maybe. Yeah. Um well, you work right here by the airport, little bountiful airport. So, yep. uh, you know, you should definitely get your, your license my and then license. you'll be the pilot. Maybe,
1: yeah. Maybe I'll <laughs> convince my medic to pay for my pilot license and then I'll just, yeah, I'll just, I'll fly into work for a couple of days yeah. and fly out. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That's simple. Seems like a totally reasonable <laughs> request.
0: That's awesome. And you said you got Starlink so you could work from anywhere, right? You yep. just click cruise control on the plane and then you can just start.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Shows that's how much awesome. we know about planes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, control.
0: <laughs> just cruise control, everything. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, my, my, uh, my son just finished his license, his pilot's license, his commercial license up in Ogden. Cool. Um, and, uh, it was, I don't know, I guess what the path he wanted to go on was a little bit different than the airport that's offered here. Mm. So they went up to the Ogden airport. Um, nice. He loves it. He absolutely loves flying. And we were talking about the other day, just the idea of flying into a cloud. He was like, it's hard the first couple of times you do it because it looks like something solid in front of you, you right. know, in your mind it's fog, it's not. right? So yep. like you can put your hand through it, but when you're flying directly at it and you can't see the other side of it, he was like, it's the freakiest thing. Uh, but once you're in it, he was like, okay, like it, it's okay. But Anyway, um that sounds that sounds like a lot of fun. So when you come back to Utah or wherever you end up coming back to the lower 48 if you end up coming mm-hmm. back. Yeah. Um you know <laughs> I'm going to you know next time I see you after your move, you know after these 2 years or whatever, you're going to have like the full I'm going to look like Lambert. Yeah, you you're, you're
1: going yeah, <laughs> to look like Lampers, like dude. It's just going to be all flow. I could see beard. that.
0: Yeah. I could see that. Wearing a puffy all the time. Mm-hmm. talking really slow and relaxed. And then you're going to have yeah. like a muck, a muck socks right behind you and all yep. the other stuff. <laughs> Golly, that's awesome. But uh, no, that that's a cool experience, man. I, kudos to your wife. Um, you know, I love the idea of going up there and, and providing that service to people that are underserved. Yep. Um, I, you know, it's, it's not on the same scale, but here in Utah, whenever um, I was going for my physical therapy degree, mm-hmm. um, in my undergrad, I would do pro bono um, translating work because I'm, I'm fluent in Spanish. So right. I'd go down, there's a clinic down in uh, uh, like Midvale area, whatever for, and it's only Spanish speakers there. And so, mm. you know, all the, all the physical therapy students go and do their pro bono work and then they have translators. Cool. And I love seeing this community get served. It's another underserved community because they don't speak English they're hardworking, they're bust their tails on, you know, any work that they can find and being able to get this physical therapy work done on them. Uh, you know, your wife's going to be doing it on a whole nother scale with dental work and everything else along with it. But, uh, but that, that's awesome. I love hearing things like that. So that's really cool. Um, talk to us a little bit about why did you choose my medic? Like how did that even come about? How'd you end up at my medic?
1: Yeah. So my medic was my, uh, pandemic pivot. So I was originally working in health and fitness. Um, so I was, I was a trainer for a long time. Um, I trained in college and then, uh, trained professionally outside of college as well. Um, so my undergraduate degree is in nutritional science. Um, and then I've got a minor in sports nutrition. So I was a big foodie guy. Um, and then paired that with training and just was a, you know, one, two punch covid obviously happened um and gyms shut down so i was out of work um hold so on real quick
0: just real quick can you picture what? the day that you got were you in utah when that happened when the gym shut down
1: no i was actually okay. we were actually in arizona visiting family mm-hmm. um so we, we were we flew down and then found out oh we were only supposed to be there for a week mm-hmm. um and then like Flights weren't going like we had yeah. no vehicle, like car to drive back. So we we ended up staying in Arizona for like six weeks or something like that. I only <laughs> packed a week's only, only packed a week's worth of clothes, right? Um, so, so I, I just day, I was just like, asking about me, if you
0: yeah. if you could picture where you were because I remember I was sitting on I was sitting on my bed going through my emails um, just at the end of the night. And I got an email that popped up from EOS Fitness. It was like, mm. all right, gym's gonna be closed down for or maybe it was Vasa at the time. I don't remember if EOS was I don't think it was open. Anyway, it was I got Vasa. from my gym. Yeah. And yeah. and it said that they would be closing down for, for COVID. And I immediately texted my buddy who's got a home gym. I was like, Hey, mind if I uh start working out at your home gym now? <laughs> so <laughs> but anyway, sorry. So you you were training, then
1: Yep. Pandemic pivot. Um, so I was actually in and out of a couple of jobs all 2020. Um, and then ended up just getting a customer service gig at my medic, um, October of uh, 2020. Um, and I'd kind of like heard and seen the brand around. I wasn't super familiar, but just from my hobbies, um, had seen some of their prior marketing, Mm -hmm. um, and just applied. Um, and so I worked customer service, um, for a couple months and then worked my way up into a sales role did that for a couple months and then um the gal who used to do my job now left um so marketing asked me if I wanted to take over I said yes and uh, I've been in my current role now for 2 years That's awesome. That's awesome. Yep.
0: So why I guess why MyMedic though? Like why why not any other customer service company? Like what what yeah. stood out to you about MyMedic before you even worked there?
1: Sure. Um I think for me, like the big one for me was the the company mission, which I know you, you share and, you know, have an appreciation for learning about the company mission was uh, really compelling for me, which I'm sure we'll get into. And then I had always wanted to work. This was like also at the same time where I was like very much wanting to try to figure out how I could work in the outdoor industry. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was doing training and stuff and I loved it and I love working with clients, but there was always like this itch. Um, that I couldn't quite satisfy working, um, working in personal training. So, um, just like, yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's the outdoor thing, you know, I basically spend all my spare time trying to be outside. So maybe working in the outdoor industry is, you know, what's going to help satisfy that itch. So that with the company mission was just like, yeah, let's, let's see if we can make this work. Um, they were, we were a pretty small company. Um, when I started, You you know, there's half of what the team is now revenue was half of what we were doing now if not less than half and so it's been really awesome to be along for that ride and for that growth um but yeah i initially just wanted to work in the industry work in the industry and feel like i was making a difference as well which i feel like we do do at my medic so um yeah it was just kind of another stars align moment for me
0: all right guys brief interruption here just want to give a shout out to the partners and amazing companies that i get to work with that have supported us here at the podcast and also have provided discounts for you. Uh, so partners of the show, of course, of course, First Form and First Form Outdoors. We've got Alpenfuel, Heather's Choice. Those are my back country meals. They're my go-to guys. Definitely go check them out. BlackOvis.com, local company, amazing group of individuals trying to get the best gear in your hands. Definitely go check out that link down below and save some money. All in Digiscoping. A3 Archery bowstrings, Strings, Cryptek, Kestrel Glassing Systems, Quattro Archery Stabilizers, Go Ruck, which is new. Definitely go check out their gear if you're looking to build out a great way to work out without having to have all the gym equipment. Go check out Go Ruck. Sheepfeet, another new one, guys. The Sheepfeet Feet Custom Orthotics, they'll change your feet's lives. Your feet, if that's a word. Your feet will appreciate getting these Sheep Feet custom orthotics, definitely go check them out. Use code REDBEARD at checkout. Absolute Aid CBD, My Medic, Affect Beard Oil, and of course, the Muley Freak, Bino Harness, the Game Changer. Now, back to the amazing conversation with Zeff. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those, again, for a little while, it seemed like maybe a little bit of a sleeper brand people didn't know about. And I, I think the main reason is it's not flashy. It's not cool to talk about first aid gear. It's not cool to talk, unless you're in, 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 even in like the gun community. Um, you know, people talk about tourniquets all the time and having first aid, but it's never really, there's never a lot of focus on it. It's, it's brought up in passing. You see first aid yep. kits on people's gun belts or in their cars uh but it's never it's one of those things that you hope to never have to use so it doesn't get broken out very often it's not like yeah
1: it's like it's like the first aid is always a background character Mm -hmm. until it until it isn't a background character and those times where it's that it it is the hero sometimes it seems like there's always so much more noise around that um that it just kind of always just ends up getting brushed off or, or -hmm. overlooked. Um, that's how, yeah. And then, and like, I love that you say, like, it's not this like flashy thing. And and like, we're trying, it's our job at my medic is like, we're trying to make first aid and being prepared for emergencies. Like we like, we like to say, we're trying to make it sexy. Like we want people to be like, that's a badass first aid kit, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, it's that getting people to get there is, it's a, it's a whole process, a whole nurturing process. and, Um, just a mindset shift. So it's, it's a, it's an uphill battle, but one definitely worth battling.
0: No, I I definitely agree. And, you know, it's something that you see pictures of. And I personally am the same way, you know, you've got knives, you've got guns, you've got bows, you've got arrows, you've got broadheads, like all of these things. And I love that you brought up that even when first aid is the priority, there's so much noise around it. So like, I'm just Mm -hmm. in my mind went straight to like a car wreck or, like a, a major emergency where you're breaking out the real trauma gear um, that would be considered the sexy, cool gear to know how to use. Mm-hmm. Everyone's, you know, screaming, sad, upset, you know, fires burning, rushing to the hospital. Like all of that stuff is happening. And obviously that should take precedence over, oh, hey, you know, like can you imagine like being at the scene of a wreck and be like, dude, you got the new this? Like mm-hmm. what? What? Like, <laughs> that's not, yeah. it's not like when you're out hiking and you look over your buddy's new bow or you go shooting at the range, yeah. and you're like, oh, you got the new this or, you know, it's different. So I, I like that you pointed that up. I'd never thought of it that way, but there's never yeah. really a highlight on it.
1: And, yeah. Uh, and like, it, it, it's interesting. Um, Cause I think I'm going to like personify first aid, but like, I think that's how first aid wants to be. You know, it wants to, it, it is this supporting character. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't care to be the hero. It mm-hmm. cares to keep you go, like just to keep you going. Right. Um, like, I, I feel like, I think that's the same with like a lot of, you know, you can say the same for healthcare workers, right? Like most of them don't really care to be in the spotlight. Right. They're, yeah. they're just trying to do good. Um, and I think if you personify first aid as a product, it doesn't care to be, in the spotlight, um, you know, like the new Matthews bow or, mm-hmm. you know, the new sequence precision rifle or whatever, like <clears throat> those things are and deserve to be in the spotlight cause they, you know, they are such an integral part of adventure, but first aid solely exists to keep you going. Like regardless if that's saving your life or, you know, patching up the blister on your heels so you can keep hiking and stay in the back country. It, it's just one of those pieces of gear that's just supposed to, get you in, get you to go further, um, and keep you in, in the field.
0: Exactly. Yep. No. And you guys provide a lot of high quality gear and you guys are constantly trying to, uh, to innovate and get better and better. So I guess let's, let's go down this rabbit hole then. Um, I've sure. got, it's funny cause I've got two of them sitting here. So, um, Oh, this is the one that's in my backpack everywhere I go. This is sidekick, right? Sidekick. Yep. Okay. And then is this is the, Myfac. That's a T FAC. T FAC. Okay. I mean, guys, this thing is super tiny. This is what I have in my backpack. And if anyone look at looked at my review, it's one of the better reviews that I've put out, actually. Um, so people are interested. They just don't know where to start, right? Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, this is this goes with me when I'm backpacking, hiking, etc., cetera, uh, hunting. And then this one's just in my day-to-day. It's airline oh, yeah. compliant. You know, you don't yep. have to worry about like having big issues with them being like, Oh, there's this or that in it. Like that's in my backpack everywhere I go. Um, Mm -hmm. so let's, let's start with, I guess the, the mission. Let's go with that. Sure. What's the mission of my medic?
1: Yeah. So my medic, we've been in business six, seven years. Uh, we're, we're a family owned business. So we're owned by four siblings. Um, the father of those siblings passed away in a car accident. He bled out in the front seat of his pickup truck. No one on scene had any uh, first aid equipment or training to save his life. Uh, EMS unfortunately took about twenty minutes to get there, um, but then it was too late. So the siblings took their inheritance um, and money from the settlement, decided to start the company. You know, with the mission of you know hopefully preventing that avoidable tragedy for others. If anyone had you know been there with some basic knowledge and some really basic um, first aid tools, they probably could have saved his father's their father's life. Um, so that's our mission. We're just trying to prepare the everyday citizen for the unexpected emergency, whether you're driving on your way to work, or, you know, eight miles deep in the backcountry, emergencies happen, accidents happen. And we want you to be prepared to deal with those, um, particularly in the scope of first aid.
0: Yep, no, exactly. Yeah, And it, it it's, it's, awful that the tragedy occurred, right? That's always something to be acknowledged. Um, mm-hmm. but the fact that they took that and didn't focus inwardly because a lot of people, and it, again, nothing wrong with that, but when, when people have trauma, they tend to focus inward yep. and, you know, whether it be trauma from a divorce trauma from a, a past, uh, you know, spouse, etc., cetera, people will take that money and do things with it that they may not normally do in their, in their right minds if they're not experiencing trauma. And so the fact that these siblings had that idea and have run with it has been outstanding. So they turn yep. it outward instead of inward and want to bless the lives of others with this gear and not just gear. The other thing that stood out to me, cause there's plenty of first aid equipment out there. There's plenty of first aid, you know? Uh, and so other than that, what stood out to me personally about my medic is the education that's mm-hmm. provided behind it as well. It's not just here. Take, take your sidekick. Good luck. You know, yep. uh, make sure you have a tourniquet. I'm like, well, I don't know how to use it. Like, do I put it around my neck? If my forehead's bleeding, like, you yep. know, and so the fact that you guys provide that education is a big deal because they, then yep. that that breaks down a barrier because a lot of people are like, okay, great. I've got cool first aid equipment now. Cause I saw Joe Schmo on Instagram talk about it. Um, I'm just going to put it in my truck and call myself prepared. Mm -hmm. It's just like buying a gun and not getting any training and being like, yeah, when there's a bad guy breaking into my house, I will know what to do. Uh, No, you won't. Your dexterity is going to be gone because your adrenaline is going to be up and you're going to be worried about your kids and family and everything else. So unless there's some sort of training, you're not going to, you're going to grab this because you see it, it's bright. And you're like, okay, cool. And you're going to open it up and be like, oh, oh shit. What do I like, do? <laughs> what do I do? Yeah. Um. So talk about a little bit about the education piece and maybe why yeah. that came about as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, we we recognize like we're not the first people in the world to make first aid kits or life saving first aid kits for that matter. You know, you've, North American Rescue has been around forever. Med Solutions has been around forever. There's there's companies that have been doing it 100%. But the missing link has always been pairing education with the product. Um, so something that we saw and something that we realized was in need, um, and you know, the siblings, they sit as our like, board of directors, you know, recognize that, yeah, you know, maybe even if someone had had a first aid kit at dad's accident, if no one had known how to use it, then it's still for not. Right. So, you know, having that realization and, you know, putting in the infrastructure and the, the investment to build out digital education for people um, has been something that, you know, we've been really proud of, but also have been continuing to lean further and further and further into. Um, so we offer a couple courses right now. Um, the biggest ones are all going to be mostly focused on trauma. I think most people know how to put on a Band-Aid and how to, you know, wrap up a sprained ankle or, you know, kind of the minor stuff. But the life-saving stuff is where people have lots of questions, right? So we've got a couple courses right now, um, two that are life-saving. Uh, one is the March course, which is taught by they're both taught by Billy, who's our um on staff 18 Delta. So he's a special operations combat medic. Um Billy Bands. Yep, Billy Bands. Bands camera. Yeah. Yep. So he he invented those, came up with those on one of his deployments when he was trying to figure out how to put tourniquets on the outside of his kit. Um, but he teaches our March course, uh, which is basically an algorithm that they use in the military to basically triage, um, traumatic injuries. So massive bleed airway airway. Um, oh my gosh, respiration circulation and hypothermia or head injuries, most of hypothermia So we teach that course. Um, that course comes free with a lot of kits. If you buy any of the pro kits, um, that have all the life saving equipment in there, you're going to get that course for free so that you know how to use that. Um, and then we just recently released a gunshot wound course. It's, like a four hour course, super in depth, um, just going through all the ins and outs of, um, treating gunshot wounds, but also different caliber, like the, the effects that different calibers have different you know ballistic style projectiles have. Um, so, you know, just providing as much education as we can on how to treat injuries, the science behind why we're treating those injuries, um, And we also do a lot of free education, as you know, through our Instagram, um, pretty much weekly or, uh, bi-weekly. We do a lot of stuff like if you're in a pinch type kind of things as well. So how to improvise a tourniquet, if you don't have one, obviously the recommendations you buy a commercially, like available one, like how to improvise a tourniquet, um, just like some quick survival stuff, you know, that kind of stuff we just want to to be the one-stop shop for all things, emergency preparedness, um, outdoors, that kind of stuff.
0: I love it. I love it. And it's, it's definitely something that's important, uh, for outdoorsmen and women out there, you know, whether you're mm-hmm. hiking again, another one of the things that the noise, um, overrides it is even something as small as a blister. Um, I know it's a little over-exaggerated, but a blister can get infected, you know, and then you can have issues from that. You know, there's a lot of stuff that, uh, you know, and, and no one wants to talk about the tape that you put over the blister. They want to talk about the boot and what the boot did to screw up, you know, cause mm-hmm. the boot's the flashy piece of gear, whereas the blister tape that you put on isn't, you know, yep. no one wants to see your feet. Right. So, <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I love that again, you're breaking down those barriers, which I, I think, you know, making things as simple as possible for people is a big deal. Yeah, The fact that Billy can educate people uh, at their level, not at a Delta level, um, Mm -hmm. but at at a normal average everyday Joe, here's how you use this equipment level. And Mm -hmm. I think that's awesome. The fact that you can go back to it. So it's videos. Courses are awesome. But like you can go back and you can spend 10 minutes a day or however many times a week and get those reps in just like you do with a bow rifle, Mm -hmm. sharpening your knife, like anything else, right? It's a piece of gear that you can go and practice with, or at least know what you would do in that case, in that scenario.
1: Yep,
0: Uh, That's a huge deal. Again, breaking down those barriers because, um, you know, again, people buy the equipment then they're like, well, now I got to buy a course and that course is one time. So now I got to do this. And that, you know, it's just, it can continue on down this road and people get overwhelmed by it. And they just, again, throw it in their truck, throw it in their backpack and don't think about it until mm-hmm. the emergency happens. So yep. um, that that's a big deal. Being able to provide that education. Another thing you guys 100%. do too is the color coordination. Talk about yep. that a little bit. Cause uh, yeah. I, I didn't realize that was a thing to be honest with you until mm-hmm. um, I saw an Instagram post about it. And I was like, Oh, that's yeah. really cool. And then I went through my yeah. kit and I was like, Oh, that's really cool. Like,
1: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We're we're trying, I think we, I think we, because we're so close to it, you know, we, we came up with it, implemented it. And then we think it's like the bee's knees. And then we, you know, we slowly realized like, yeah, people still don't really understand it. So that's why we're trying to do some <laughs> education and stuff about it. Um, yeah. So, you know, like previously a lot of first aid kits, including ours, um, everything was bagged in like clear mm-hmm. Ziploc bags. Right. Um, which is good. Like you definitely want to be able to see what you're looking at and what you're dealing with. Right. The problem is once you start building kits and you get Ziploc bag on top of Ziploc bag mm-hmm. on top of Ziploc bag, they're all transparent. So you then you kind of lose the you know benefit of having clear Ziploc bags and your stuff in clear Ziploc bags. Not only that, but then a lot of people will buy their first aid kit, They won't even open it when it shows up to their door, and then once they need it, they don't know where anything is. And the clear Mm -hmm. ziploc bag method is not good for that. So we were, you know, sitting thinking, you know, how can we make this better? And then eventually, settled on doing a color coded system.
0: So for people that want a visual here, that's Mm -hmm. what we're talking about: teal, color coded system, red
1: or orange, red. Yep. So. Um, we, we basically came up with this color coded modular system because modular systems are the the biggest craze nowadays in the design world. So we have mods, right? Um, same, same way you have mods that go onto your bow. Um, we have mods that go inside of our first aid kits and each of those mods is going to do or be geared towards a specific category of first aid. Um, so we have what we call, like, we call it the rescue rainbow, first aid rainbow, whatever you want to call it. But basically there's nine categories um, that we've broken first aid down into. Um, and each of those categories has a corresponding color and you will find that color on the top of the poly bags inside your kits. So all the top of the topical stuff. Yep.
0: It also says what it is too. says so it. Right there. Mm-hmm. And know, then if you flip that around, it it it'll, it'll
1: tell you exactly what's in it as well. So. You, and the the bags are still like translucent, like you can still see in there. Yeah. Like a lot of people were a little upset because they thought that they were just going to be like white bags that you couldn't see into, but you can still see into those, mm-hmm. see what's inside as well. Yeah. So like basically, right there, yeah. even
0: though that bag's all red, yep. you can see the back in there.
1: You can see that there's band aids in there. Um. So yeah, we basically just came up with this color coded system so that people can find things quicker. Um, when they're in, in an emergency, and maybe it's not even a life threatening emergency, right? Like. Maybe your kid fell, scraped their knee and they're wailing like crazy. You know, that's an emergency to them in that moment. Mm-hmm. And that's, regardless of if it's a little thing or a daily thing for you, like that can be stressful. Um, and we want you We want you to be able to find what you need quickly in that moment, whether it's life-saving or scraped Um, So the color coding system really helps us do that. So, you know, red is for blood, orange is for burns, yellow is for meds, and the list goes on. Once you really learn... The rainbow, the mimetic rainbow, right? It makes it really easy once you open your kit up boom, there's my blister stuff. Boom, there's my Mm -hmm. medications, right? So it was uh, part of it was to help people find things quickly, but the other part of it is so that people can refill their kits very easily as Mm -hmm. well. Um, So we were realizing that a lot of people will use stuff, you know, mostly we use things in onesies, twosies um, in our first aid kits, and we don't need to rebuy the whole kit contents over again, right? So what you can do with those mods is um, on the back of them actually is a QR code. So say you use up some medication or whatever in your mod, you can scan that QR code and it'll take you back to the website where you can reorder um, that specific piece. So instead of coming back and spending $40, $50 on refilling your whole first aid kit, um, you can come back and just spend the $5, $5 to refill your Band Aid pack. The other cool thing that the QR codes do for us um, when you scan those, when you scan those, it'll actually take you to a page and you'll have two options. You'll have one option to reorder and then you'll have another option to get training. So, a lot of those mods and stuff, you can scan them and it'll just give you a quick overview of what's inside and what, what certain things might be used for. It's not gonna be like a full course. They're typically all under 30 to 40 seconds, um, but you can scan them and be like, oh, oh, now I know what medications are in here and what, um, what they do um, type of thing. So um, the color-coded system's just been really awesome for us. I was actually on, I had a, a very small part in actually helping design and implement that system. So it's really close to me. Um, I worked on it for a couple weeks and it was not fun um because we used to um each kit used to have its own set of mods so the MyFac Mm -hmm. used to have its own mods the recon used to have its own mods so we basically had all of these mods that we were building for specific kits but now the modular system with the color coded is universal across all of the kits so regardless of whatever kit you buy you can those mods are going to be the same. So if you end up owning multiple MyMetic kits, the contents of the mods are always the same. So if you happen to go from your MyFact to your MyFac large, it's all familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, we've been super stoked on that system. And um, the overall reception has been really, really good.
0: Yeah. No, that's awesome. You know, it's it's really cool to see. And now. The, and then you've got the U.S. So is that U.S. made or U.S. manufactured?
1: Yeah. We're just, yeah. Based out of US. Yep.
0: Okay. That's awesome. So, I mean, you know, it's really cool. The, the idea again, that, that, and I love finding things like this, people that have, they find problems. And unfortunately this was kind of a big problem with their dad passing, but Mm -hmm. they found that problem and they went after a solution with it. Um, something else too, what did you guys do recently overseas where you sent a bunch of
1: Ukraine? Yep. So, um everybody knows Ukraine Russia situation in eastern europe um we were very fortunate enough to be able to help out significantly there um so last year uh during the course of that and obviously it's still going on um we were able to send over 120,000 first aid kits um to troops on the ground in Ukraine our executive team actually went to Ukraine twice um to not only help hand deliver some of those kits, but we did some, some training alongside uh, um, some charity partners of ours. And so that was just super awesome. And then actually, you know, we found that so fulfilling that recently launched our own charity. So my medic charities is a 501, designated 501 C three now. So we do a lot Mm -hmm. of charity work now through our own charity. Um, We do, we do a ton of work, again it's all around first aid and training so we mm-hmm. send we send teams on the ground to most of our recent work has been in uh, aside from Turkey like the Turkey Syria earthquake um, we sent cr- troops on the ground there um, but we have teams that regularly deploy to Guatemala the Dominican Republic um, places like that and we're providing first aid equipment for the first the local first responders in that area but also then providing uh, on-site training for them as well um, so mm-hmm. that they can just be better prepared to locally respond and be that first response um, to emergencies in, in areas, disaster struck yeah. areas.
0: So I'm just going to hit hit on a, a couple of few, uh, or a couple of few, if I could speak English here, a couple of points here that, that really stand out to me again. I love working with companies like you guys that put your actions where your mouth is not even just your money but your actions of going out mm-hmm. and and doing what you say what you train other people to do and providing to people that you've never met in your entire life they're across the globe and sending out this help sending out education sending out people and gear and that's a huge deal i love that and the fact again little things like being able to buy pieces of the kit rather than the whole kit that stands out to me because that just shows you guys aren't necessarily out to make money. That's not your goal. Your goal is to help. Yes, you have a business, but the business is in the business of helping. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you're not like if I run out of this super skin, you know, you're not going to make me buy the entire sidekick. I can just go buy a pack of super skin and yep. refill my sidekick, right? So I don't have yep. like seven or eight sidekick shelves laying around with just one full kit, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, And so that, that's a big deal. And I I love, I can't recommend my medic enough. When people talk to me about first aid kits, what do I have when they see me open my backpack? Um, People I go hunting with, backpacking with, you know, I I try and get them to get one because I'm like, I need you to know how to use this. If anything, know where mine is. And uh, so it's, that's, it's huge. So you provide quality equipment, you, you provide services, you help other people throughout the globe. Uh, you know, you provide training. I, I don't, I don't see a downside to my medic. Yeah, <laughs> Like you guys are, are doing amazing work and you're definitely getting into the outdoor space. Um, I love being a part of that as well. And I love that, you know, that we randomly came across each other and we found out you're like two minutes from me. So like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I never knew you guys were there. Yep. Uh, so it's it's, it's really cool to see the operations going into the building, see how you guys work, how you guys are, are just an awesome team. So can't say anything more than great things about my medic. Like you guys are just awesome. So yeah, um, you picked a great that. company for your pandemic pivot. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I feel super blessed and you know, it's, this job's giving given me a lot of really cool opportunities to work with guys like yourself Working in the hunt, like guys in the hunting industry that I've always looked up up to, and and stuff like that. So yeah, it's yeah. been it's been super awesome.
0: That's awesome. Well, um, I promised you an hour. We're coming up on that. So yeah. uh, what's um, what's something that maybe we haven't brought up that you'd like to bring up for the audience, either personally or from my medic itself? And then yeah. uh, where can we find you?
1: Yeah, um, on, the, on the business side, um, I'm pushing really hard this year to get us to make some ultralight options. Um, so hopefully that will be coming soon um doing a couple of really cool collaborations with um some guys in the hunting industry I can't quite speak to yet um but those will be really awesome um should be rolling out here in a couple months ah. personally, yeah, you guys wanna I don't to do a ton of posting um on my on my social, but I got a feeling Alaska might change that um might try to break out and do my own little side hustle content creation thing um so I'm just on Instagram at Zeph underscore Prina. Hope you want to check out all my adventures there. And then um yeah, just just super grateful to be able to work with guys like you, Jonathan. And um just yeah, uh, love love what you're doing on your side. Hopefully we get out um and are able to shoot this weekend. Um uh, my calendar's open, by the way. Um and hopefully the weather clears up for us, we'll get out and fling some carbon. Uh, um, we'll
0: shoot no matter what.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're <laughs> right. You're right, you're right. Um Yeah. Just, you just can't say enough. Like, yeah. Have, have a life-saving first aid kit in your hunting pack, um, in your vehicle at the very least, uh, know how to use it. Make sure your family knows how to use it. Um, heaven forbid you have to use it, but, um, you'll be really happy that people do should they need to. Yep. Perfect.
0: All right. Well, again, thanks so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. And I really do appreciate this, this partnership and and guys, I can't, you know, out there listening, or if you're watching this, I can't stress enough first aid kit. It's not cool and flashy, but it needs to be in your budget if you don't already have it. And if you do maybe upgrade some of your gear and, or take some of these courses over at my medic, because you need to know how to use your equipment. So
1: at at the very uh, least, at the very least how to tourniquet. Um, you know, we sell the modular system and all the mods, but a lot of the individual supplies we sell all the cart as well, as mm-hmm. you know. So um, at the very least get a tourniquet, get trained on, and that's going to be, uh, you can, you can improvise a lot of things in the field with some education,
0: which
1: yeah. we provide. Um, but you got to, a tourniquet is one of those things that's kind of a non-negotiable, um, like your belt's not going to cut it. I, yeah. That's, so <laughs> I have to say people think people think their belt is like the most amazing turn get in the world. And it's like, Nope, people die every Not year quite. trying to use a belt as a tourniquet. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. So yeah, guys go check them out. I'll leave the links down below again, Seth. Thank you so much for your time. Course, and man. as I always say, guys, get out, live your life and love it. All right, guys and gals, men, women, children, everyone listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Zef. He's an extremely knowledgeable individual. I love what they're doing over there at MyMedic, and I love the adventures that he's been on personally in his own life, and I'm I'm excited for him as he and his partner are going up to Alaska. That is super exciting. I'm really excited for him and his growing family and for the adventure they're going on up there. I'm going to leave the links down below guys so you can find them on instagram so you can go to my medic save some money over there uh, check out as well as you go and pick up your first aid kit your truck kit car kit family kit house kit trauma kit for the back country whatever it may be and also get some education over there with my medic which is something i absolutely love you're not just buying the kit but also getting the knowledge to go with it from knowledgeable individuals that will teach you and their videos so you can go over and over and over practice and practice so you know where your gear is and know where to use it in the backcountry or in any other emergency for that matter. So go check out Zeph, go check out my medic. The links are down below. Love to have you guys over at Redbeard's Fit Crew and First Form Outdoors as well. And of course, if you got something out of this conversation, please leave a review, share it. And I look forward to hearing from you guys in the near future. Have an amazing rest of your weekend. And of course, get out, live your life, and love it.